I'm sure you'll want to hear this continued fascinating dialogue between Dr. Robert Linstead and Dr. Gaberluck and Andrew Sorrell in Israel. Please join us for this exciting program concerning the oil of Asher. Shall we join together in prayer? Our blessed Lord, we thank you for the wonderful things that are happening in the land of the Bible and for the privilege to be an eyewitness to the marvelous things that thou, O God, are bringing to pass. And we pray that you will bless and use this vital information, these marvelous unfolding prophecies to all who hear, and bless Dr. Linstead and Dr. Gaverluck as they participate in this marvelous prophetic series. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Here's Dr. Linstead and Dr. Gaverluck once again with Andrew Sorrell. This is Emil Gaverluck, and we are visiting with uh, Dr. Rob Linstead from Wichita, Kansas. We've been having a very enjoyable time on this particular series, and we have already played the first part of the first half of the conversation that we had with Andrew Sorrell, who is drilling a deep hole in Israel. And that deep hole just happens to be in a very special place, doesn't it? That's right. Uh, you're going to have more to say about this, but Andrew sent us something to look at because this has been an ins inspiration to him. It has now, to he mentioned this in, in the first part of that telephone conversation, That's didn't right. he? That's right. Deuteronomy 33rd chapter and 24th verse says that of Asher he said, more blessed than sons is Asher, may he dip his foot in oil. And somebody pointed out to him, a matter of fact, Larry Napier, is that how you pronounce his yes, name? Yes, I believe so. Has uh, done some work, some investigating on the names of the descendants of Asher, because it seems that names have a very special significance, and this has inspired Andrew to do a great deal of his effort. Looking at uh, the descendants of Asher, he had five sons, Ima, Ishva, Ishvi, Beriah and Sarah. Under Sarah, excessive pouring out to overflow, to be unrestrained and running over. Uh, that is, seems to be the meaning of his particular name. Beriah, the son, had a son. So here are the grandsons. Under Beriah, Heber, to be united or band together in fellowship, a company or association for joint business. It's a, a sort of a joint project. And then another grandson, Birzavit, to bore or piece connected to iron, an iron cutting tool used for drilling through hard substances. That would have a direct bearing, wouldn't it, mm -hmm. on drilling. Then uh, under Heber, the son Japhlet, Lord causes to cast forth, especially of entrapped enclosed substances. It's uh, a man to vomit. He mentioned that mm -hmm. on that interview. Actually, that would be a gusher, wouldn't it? That would be right. a reference you to could, that. You could call that a gusher. Then another son, Hotham, to seal, to be closely bound by a seal enclosed with an earthen mold or clay seal. So uh, that's interesting because they use mud packs or something, don't they, in, uh, mm -hmm. in drilling? Now, the thing that's interesting, really, is that, that we are going right down the list of names as recorded in First Chronicles chapter 7 verses 30 through 40, and I've already told you that in some ways I have reservations about looking at those names and those meanings, and yet the interesting thing is that as you begin to see 
the names and their meanings as uh, Mr. Napier has consulted, I think, 10 different works, he said, in bringing this about, we see how they are related to the story that, that is unfolding before us. Do you know of any other family that would have names whose names would be associated with, uh, uh, say, uh, uh, a patriarch or an, uh, an originator of a family and that would be connected with oil? Maybe there's a little more to this than just coincidence. Under uh, Jaflet, there was Bimhal on the back or the top of a mountain ridge, high place. Aramaic is oil, liquid pitch. So that uh, seems to be fitting in there. Ashvath, to fulfill or accomplish by the use of pressure or squeezing. I don't know how that fits in with drilling, but uh, there must be something there. <laughs> Under uh, Zophath, to cause an overflow to flood, to come from the deep and float on the top. Very interesting. Imna, to withdraw, and also along with that, good fortune. Another name in this family membership is Bury, to dig a well or pit, and then Ithan, never failing to flow, ever flowing rivers, perpetual. Another one is Bira, to dig wells or pits. That seems to be quite a family here. All right, now, with all of those names, and I think there are 43 of them in all. I've only named a few and, of them. Right. What do you do with the meanings of the names? Well, it would be significant, I guess, pointing back to Asher and the uh, mm -hmm. Asher dipping his uh, toe in oil. So here we have then a, a prophecy that obviously is being fulfilled by, by the mention of these names. Mm -hmm. I think Mr. Napier has actually written a story, a scenario, and, and he invites people to take those same names, to study them out, to, to write their own story. But he has at least written one story using these names. And uh, I know in, uh, when Andy Sorrell received the story, he said, this really is the story of the well. And so we simply pointed out, saying that, that there is some additional study that, that could go in there. And maybe it would prove to be fruitful to see how God is unfolding well, his whole investment is based upon what he believes in the Bible, and of course he found those scripture verses, and this was a sort of an additional support to uh, his, his belief mm -hmm. there. Are we going to hear the rest of that uh, conversation Yes, we now? sure are. Um, but maybe before we do, we, we have to just touch on a couple things. The, the reason why we feel this is significant is because we have been trying to develop the fact that the world is dependent on oil. Really, the, the wealth the economy, the standard of living of every nation and of every family in every nation and of every individual is dependent upon this product called oil. And as long as the Middle East and the OPEC nations have it, they are able to have a certain amount of clout in a political way. They develop new friendships as a result of this. Well, here's Israel. And they sit in the Middle East and up until this time, they're about the only nation around there that has no oil. But the Bible promises, according to God's word, in Genesis chapter 49, that in the last days, Asher would be blessed, and it would be on the head of Joseph. In the book of Deuteronomy, it talks about how that in the subterranean, God would bless them. And finally, he says, Asher will dip its foot in oil. Can I ask you a question from your observation of the signs that they have discovered so far indicating the presence of oil? Would you go out on a limb to say that this could be a spectacular Oil uh, well, pressure I think, or something? I think one would have to say that, that it could be. And, and the reason I say that is simply is because as we continue to talk to Andy Sorrell, who is a geologist and who 
believes this enough to literally invest millions of dollars in it. Well, with all the miraculous things that seem to be associated with this well, the biggest miracle there would be a tremendous pool. As we come to the next portion of the tape of the phone conversation between us with Andy Sorrell, it's interesting that this problem has experienced every problem that a well can experience. It has been a tough dig. It has not been an easy one. And Andy really feels that this is God's timing. And so I believe at this time we'll pick up our conversation as Andy begins to describe some of the problems that they encountered as they drilled this well. It seems to be a tremendous witness to Israel. Yes, it is. I, I think it's a, a witness to those individuals involved in the dig. We, we were looking last time how a good number of them have come to Christ as a result of this. What a testimony to Israel. What a testimony to the world. The thing that I'm getting out of it is that this is not going to be strictly a man drilling oil, that God is involved in this, because all of these signs indicate that. But let's listen to the tape on this. All right. Now, when, uh, what do you do, uh, what kinds of things do you do technically to get the well going again after after the pumps cut off, the engines cut off, and well, what we did, see, when uh, uh, we just we all grabbed hands and prayed. Uh, actually, if I hadn't had the experiences well, I've had in the Lord, the Lord really prepared me to drill our well. We'd have stopped that well at 3,000 feet because we had every problem, not once but many times that you can have. Uh, in fact, Vic Lambert is the one of the great drilling men in the world. He's a drilling superintendent. He's drilled over 5,000 wells himself, and he's one of the deep well experts in the whole world. In fact, all the majors wanted him to drill that 54,000-foot well that the major companies going together to drill this uh, deepest wells that have been drilled. 54,000 feet in Mississippi, it's going to cost $60 million. Mm. He dreamt they wanted Vic to handle it, and he wanted to go back to Israel and keep on this well, but Vic said that he's never seen a well that's had this many problems. We've had every major problem you can have. We've had lost circulation, which that's where all the mud, you lose all the mud. We've had that four times. We've had major water flows. That's underwater, like rivers that you hit that just tear up the whole. We've had, uh, uh, we've been stuck so many times I can't count them. We've had twist-offs. That's where the pipe comes into it. Everything falls to the bottom of the hole. <laughs> we had uh, uh, twice, uh, one time the cable broke and all the tools fell out of the top of the derrick. It was absolutely miraculous no one was killed because when this happens, uh, there are tons of stuff come down out of the derrick. And, and, uh, uh, and in fact, that's one of the reasons we quit this well. It, mm -hmm. it was absolutely amazing that no one was killed on this thing when that happened. It, Everyone on the rig floor, four men were standing on the rig floor and missed them all. Mm. And it happened so fast that no one can even has a chance to move. And when that stuff hits you, there's you know several tons of it. It just crushes the guys to death. And mm -hmm. So anyway, we thought this is the Lord's trying to tell us to stop. And so now, uh, Andy, um, it seemed like I, I've read or perhaps in my earlier conversation with you that I heard that somewhere around 5,000 feet there was a show of oil. Yeah, we did have, uh, we think, the Israelis think we, we can make a 500-barrel well there. We had the live oil came out on the pits. We had 50 feet of this section. But we drilled a little deeper so we could set a packer to run a drill stem test. And when we did, we ran into lost circulation, so we never could test that zone. Mm -hmm. So... Uh, now that's behind pipe. We set pipe through that, 
continuing reaction of the Israeli government uh, on the possibility of this oil? Well, what happened, see, when they didn't know anything about this area, when they saw how high we were running structurally, they, they came to us and said, please let us buy into your deal. Mm -hmm. and, uh, 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 this is after they saw the height of the structure. Right. Uh, and so we, we uh, talked it over and we thought, gosh, it'd be a shame to make a discovery and they want to get in their, their own country in the deal. And so we sold them a 10% interest in the, in the deal. So they, they have a 10% interest in the license and the well itself. Mm -hmm. But uh, they've actually put up more money than 10% because they, they're now so interested in this well, they want to see it go on down. But what I was getting ready to say when we started this well, now every time we had a problem, uh, when we had the first problem around 3,000 feet, it looked like we couldn't go any further. We had lost circulation and a big water flow at the same time. We all grabbed hands around the well and prayed, and God absolutely stopped that water flow. And uh, we, it seemed like the well sealed up itself, and we continued to drill. And uh, now, whenever we have a problem, these Israelis come running with their hands stretched out and say, let's pray, we need, we need to pray. <laughs> and uh, and they, they were all started off as agnostics. And, and what's really great about this is when we started the well, February the 12th, 1981, uh, Dick Lambert, uh, he was... Well, that's all we'll take for the interview between Andy Sorrell and, and us, but... I think that's an amazing story to see how that God's timing is working so beautifully right there in the foot of Asher, bringing that wheel down to its, its depth of over 17,000 feet. I can't get over about all the problems that they've been having, and yet they've been resolved miraculously. That's right, and Andy believes that the oil will come hard, but he, he's convinced that it's there. And really, you know, he's mentioning this 500-barrel-a-day well. That's a tremendous well. As a matter of fact, I, I'd be happy with one of those in my backyard. Did he mention at all previously, too, how much money they had have already invested in that? I heard a figure of about five or six million. Yeah, I'm not sure what the number is, but that would certainly uh, seem reasonable for a well that deep. But they're looking for something much bigger than that 500-barrel-a-day well. He certainly has a lot of faith in that, doesn't he? He does. I, I think he's convinced that there's something there. And, of course, the increasing interest of the Israeli government also brings additional attention to this whole area, to this whole aspect of Bible prophecy. You know, another passage of Scripture that comes to my mind that I think fits in very well with the search that's going on and really with the story where it's at right now is our listeners and readers continue to follow God's unveiling of this uh, prophecy is in the book of Genesis chapter 27 and verse 28. It reads this way, Therefore God give thee of the dew of heaven and the fatness of the earth and plenty of grain and wine. Now really, that verse is taken right out of the story where a man by the name of Isaac who has two sons is getting ready to bless one. And you remember the story how that these two boys, Jacob and Esau, were just as opposite as they could be. Esau was an outdoorsman, and Esau was his father's favorite. But Jacob was his mother's favorite. And remember how that earlier Esau had sold his birthright to Jacob. In other words, the real blessing of that family was going to be passed down to Jacob as opposed to Esau. But because Esau was the favorite of Isaac, well, Isaac said, listen, Esau, I'm going to give you the family blessing. 
you go out and you find some venison and you fix it the way I like it and you bring it back and I'll give you that blessing. Well, in the meantime, as Esau goes out to find the venison to fix it for his father, Jacob comes in with the kid of a goat prepared by his mother, specially designed to deceive his father. And remember how he says, you've had good fortune, you're back so quick. And then he says, you, you sound like Jacob. But he touched his arm and he had on his arm that skin of the goat. And he says, well, you feel like Esau. And so he reaches out, Isaac reaches out, thinking he's blessing Esau, but instead he's blessing Jacob. And he says, therefore, God give thee of the dew of heaven and the fatness of the earth. Now, it's interesting that, that if you begin to look at the Hebrew words for fatness, there are 14 different words. But there is one of those 14 words that has as a definition, an alternate definition besides fatness, oil. And that's exactly the Hebrew word that is used here. He really says this, Therefore God give thee of the dew of heaven and the oil of the earth. Now he leaves the scene. Jacob leaves having received that blessing from God. And in comes Esau. And as Esau comes to his father, his father says, I've already given the blessing away. I've given it to your brother Jacob. And Esau says, don't you have one blessing for me? And so Genesis chapter 27 and verse 39 says, And Isaac, his father, answered and said unto him, Behold, thy dwelling shall be on the fatness of the earth and of the dew of heaven from above. Do you notice the difference in that blessing? To Jacob, he says, the fatness of the earth, it belongs to you. But to Esau, he says, the fatness of the earth shall be thy dwelling. In other words, the descendants of Esau, who are the people that are in Saudi Arabia today, they dwell on a land where there's oil. But I believe that according to the promise given to Jacob in Genesis chapter 27, that oil really belongs to Jacob. And so really, Saudi Arabia is drilling and selling, exporting oil that was given to Jacob all the way back in Genesis chapter 27. A tremendous story, I believe, that fits right in with the oil of Asher. I uh, missed out on the last page of this connection of these names and the significance of these names. So if I can give this very quickly and briefly, Asher will bathe his foot in oil, his shoes shall be iron and brass, and here his sons uh, with their names, the combination meaning this oil will cause Asher to experience good fortune. Prosperity will be in his right hand. He will know economic salvation and such abiding success that he'll be able to make his brothers equal to himself by sharing his abundance with them. The oil will be made to pass hastily through shafts in an excessive pouring out or an unrestrained running over. Sounds like it could be a gusher. Under B, the grandsons, these oil shafts will be drilled by uniting or banding together of different groups into a joint business association. This is exactly what has happened so far. God is king, and with this oil, he will anoint Israel for her coming kingly rule. Now, again, let's see. How, how is this scenario or this story coming about? Well, uh, there's a special note here. These wells will be pierced with a cutting tool used for boring through hard substances. The undersea, through the uniting of these different groups, God will cause Asher to cast forth the entrapped oil like a cow who calves or a man who vomits. We, we talked about this as possibly mm -hmm. being a gusher. So he's really taking the names just exactly as they appear in that order in the Chronicles chapter right. 7 passage. 
and he's building a story using those names. We're hoping to be able to put this into, uh, into the transcript, aren't we? Mm -hmm. The watchmen, the intercessors, must give diligence to guard, cover, and keep the project with prayer. And that's certainly what uh, they've been talking about in the conversation we had with them. The oil will be closely bound by a seal like an earthen mold. This seal will be an outward identification of the wealth, riches, and prosperity contained within. Under D, God will cause the casting forth of Asher's oil to involve a cleft or section cut out of the top of a mountain ridge or high place. This high place or mountain is also called oil or liquid pitch. God will fulfill the promises of Asher's inheritance by the use of pressure or squeezing. Under E, those who watch and pray must give close attention to times of pain or grief. They must cry aloud and sound the alarm when the enemy crowds in. From the hidden place, God will hear, and he will lift high and exalt. Under F, through the use of dreams, God will grant strength and health. The result will be a flood of oil, an overflow from the deep which floats on the top of the ground. This overflow will be like honey exuding from the honeycomb. Thus Asher will withdraw good fortune, and triple strength will replace labor, toil, and suffering. It's interesting to see all these names uh, saying all this. I've got one more here under G. This great flood of oil will bring riches and distinction. Israel restfully breathes in prosperity because wells or pits of oil have been dug. From the heights of heaven, God has contended for Israel by entrapping or enclosing Asher's promised oil, by breaking the sides or edges of subterranean structures, thereby making the oil inaccessible or difficult to get to. The discovery of Asher's hidden oil will be the solving of a prophetic riddle, which will be revealed by a glorious outward display of the splendor of Israel under divine blessings. The desolation of Israel will be ended by a mighty, three-storied, perpetual, enduring motion of the rivers of oil which flow from the wells which have been dug. Well, that's quite a scenario. It is. Uh, it seems to me that uh, with the interest that is growing on the part of the Israelis, that there is a growing uh, anticipation here, a growing excitement. Well, I think so. Otherwise, I don't think we'd find the Israeli government investing their money in it. And I, I really feel that with all the problems they've had, and with the possibility of having a 500-barrel-a-day well at a much shallower thing, if there was not this great prospect of finding not only a, a rich well, but also a, a whole new oil field, a whole new oil site, I really believe that the well would have stopped long ago. Well, this will really hit the front pages of newspapers all over the world if this occurs, wouldn't it? I'm sure that when they strike oil, there will be a front page coverage of this throughout the world. And this will be to the dismay of all of their enemies, too, as well. That's right. Although Russia, of course, will see their opportunity for oil, and again, this ties back to what we've been saying earlier, that the Bible clearly states that Rosh will come down to take a spoil. They'll come down when Israel is in unwalled villages. And so we see that Russia is in her place. The nations are in their place. Israel is back in her homeland. They are on the verge of seeing the hand of God bless them. And with all of this, it really seems that this would be the day and the hour in which people would turn to Christ openly and receive the salvation that he offers so freely. I think Christians should be making this a real matter of prayer because it could be a marvelous witness to Israel and the beginning of her conversion experience. That's right. These are things that people can read. These are things that people can see happening before their very eyes on the news each night. And what a time for God to fulfill his word 
in such a literal, beautiful way. To think it's happening in our lifetime. This is a very exciting time in which to be alive, and I'm sure glad that I'm a Christian. I am too. I would again remind you that the series of seven broadcasts with Dr. Lindstedt and Dr. Gaverluck have been printed up in a handsome new book entitled The Toe of Asher, referring, of course, to the remarkable prophecy given in Deuteronomy 33:24. I'm sure everyone will want a copy of this new book on the toe of Asher. J. Runyon will tell you how you may receive a gift copy or gift copies of this new book and also the prophetic series on cassette. Join us for the final thrilling message on the broadcast tomorrow. Until then, God bless you each and every one. We hope you're enjoying this seven-part series on the Toe of Asher by Dr. Gaverluck and Dr. Robert Linstead. And we would like for you to have a gift copy of the book taken from these broadcasts. And we'll be happy to send you one copy for your offering of $3, two copies for your offering of $5, or five copies for your offering of $10 or more to this radio ministry. The mailing address is the Southwest Radio Church, Post Office Box 1144, Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, 73101. And many of you will also want to have the series of messages on cassette tape. And you may request the tape series when you send an offering of $20 or more to this radio ministry. Remember that this is a faith ministry that depends solely upon the gifts and offerings of you, our listeners and supporters, to meet our financial requirements. So send your offerings and requests today to the Southwest Radio Church, Post Office Box 1144, Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, 73101. And be sure and join us tomorrow for the final message in this seven-part series with Dr. Emil Gaverluck and Dr. Robert Lindstedt on the Southwest Radio Church.